every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, we have a, I think, a great uh, topic today. The topic today is, you know, there's this deal, right, that uh, we see a lot of pastors make, a lot of church leaders make with their people. So we're going to talk about that today. And, uh, you know, kind of goes along with what we've, some of what we've talked about before. We did a whole series on the Great Commissionless Church and, you know, these churches who just haven't quite caught on that the Great Commission is a command for all of us is pretty rampant, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. No doubt about it. I think there's plenty of, uh, Plenty, plenty of churches out there that uh, that just don't see it that way, They're, or they don't see it as that's the, really their purpose, you know? Yeah, that's right. So let's kind of start off by talking about this deal. Now, a couple of sort of side notes. As I mentioned just a minute ago, we've talked about this same type of topic before, so it's almost like a deal. We're kind of coming at it from same topic, a little different, you know, a little different uh, angle. Even as I was talking about this, there are pastors out there who have really caught on to this. Most notably, you know, we had uh, Todd Wagner and the Watermark Church folks from Dallas on an interview episode. And uh, so he's, he's talking about this a lot, too. And so part of the reason, by the way, I've just loved their ministry and what they're doing. But the deal that we're talking about is a deal where... The church leaders, the pastor in particular, tells their congregation, hey, listen, you give us some money to keep the lights on, to pay the salaries. We won't ask all that much of you. And together we'll say that we're doing all that God wants us to do. And, you know, the very reason actually that I started the Made for Missions podcast and the blog was in my ministry in with China, you know, we had this postcard campaign that we were doing and we began calling churches and following up with the postcards. And boy, I was just so surprised. It must have been something like eight out of ten churches that we called and, you know, we're checking websites and whatnot, you know, we had a lot of churches that, that we found that were just had no missions going on whatsoever. And boy, can I don't know, but when I read my Bible, it sure seems like the, the you know, when Jesus established the church through Peter in the book of Matthew, boy, that was, I mean, God's, Jesus' very purpose was that the church would be used to make disciples of all nations. Mm. Uh, is that the sense you get? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. And it's that, like I've said plenty of times before, and you and I have talked about it, I mean, I think it's the, if, if there's, 
there's a couple things in life that we can't argue about. People try to, right? But we can't. One is that we're all dying. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. Humanly death, for that's sure, right? right? And mm-hmm. then that, that that prompts us to the, the talk about, okay, well, where are we at with the Lord, right? Because that's the critical point that we have to consider in life. What, mm-hmm. what, ha- what happens afterwards? What's next, right? But then... The other issue for us as Christians that I, I don't think there's debate on, even though we try to, mm-hmm. is the we're all addressed by Christ to go and fulfill the Great Commission. Every one of us. It's not it's not as some people will be gifted this way. Some people will be gifted this way. But regardless of how you're gifted, you are called to go and share Christ, make disciples. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so really, if we look at what the church is, then biblically, it's just that, you know, that gathering mm-hmm. of Christians, all of which have been called to fulfill the Great Commission. That's right. And, you know, so the problem here, I think, very, very, very succinctly is that, as we've just mentioned, the scripture teaches us that we're all called to the Great Commission fulfillment. And then at times that that obedience to the Great Commission will will come at some cost. So that's at least, you know, part of the issue is, mm-hmm. boy, it's sure, it's sure easier to not have to obey and pay that cost than to, you know, than to not. And additionally, I mean, the scripture teaches this, us that the church is the hope of the world, the bride and body of Christ, and the vehicle by which God wants us to complete the work of the Great Commission. So, so in terms of, I mean, that's the deal that mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches make with their you know, with their people. What I'd love to be able to do, Ken, is take the lion's share of our, our episode today and talk about solutions, right? Because yeah. I do think at times in the podcast, we focused a lot on this problem. And uh, boy, I sure would love to have, even if it's just a couple of pastors or a couple of church leaders who would hear this and go, you know what, Mike and Ken, you're right. And we want to, you know, we want to, we want to make a change. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, solutions are, really where we want to get to and absolutely and i would even encourage you know on twitter where we we like to be able to discuss um and i'm let me just say again i'm terrible at twitter oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at social media we just had a baby i've not been very good about uh following up or yeah, posting you on there like some. Yeah, yeah a little bit po- yeah. pictures of my new baby of course yeah that's right but you know uh i know you're very active on twitter and, yeah uh, a lot of our followers are active on twitter and people we follow um, what i think this is a great place to say you know churches that are doing things um, yes. Post, re, you know, reply, respond, let's communicate because it can be such a tremendous help to the people who are going, hmm, I wonder what we can do, you know? Yeah, that's right. I think that's exactly right. Because, boy, we would sure love it's, – it's fun to be able to hear from churches who who are doing it the right way and who have not made that deal. And, again, that's at least in part why I'm uh, I'm spending a a bit of time – listening to to sermons from this watermark church you know they're unusual in that they're just the pastors there are just you know hitting a you know hitting a mark so i'm even learning still about this and in ways that we can then communicate with others so so anyway of course you know this really comes down to can i think pastors who believe that everything in the church that everything that the church does rather is a missions opportunity Mm -hmm. and you know, I just think it's a different uh, mindset when you think, boy, God's placed us in this one place, this one community, and what is it that we could do to just begin having an impact? And, you know, so some of that is trusting God that he's got you where he wants you to be in terms of a, you know, in a community, 
you know, the other thing I think that it really comes down to is that, you know, looking at the church as hey, everything we do is to make disciples, you know, that we see in Matthew 22 or to be witnesses in our Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And boy, when you get churches that have really caught on to that, it's uh, exciting in it. It sure is. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's fun to see and fun to be a part of for sure. It, I think it's kind of that. You know, activity breeds activity, and I, I see that in business all the time. Um, when I, when things start happening, you know, just more things start happening <laughs> to a point where oh, right. you know it's just a constant flow of of business or or busyness. Uh, you know, it, it, let's apply that same concept to you know sharing the gospel, being involved in your community, and doing these things. I, I think that activity breeds activity, or the nature That's of right. the activity breeds a changed heart in the way mm. that you approach it. You know, I know for me there's not activity. I feel an emptiness, right? And not an emptiness void of Christ. Certainly that's filled. I'm I'm completely filled with the Lord and he fulfills me. But when I'm not fulfilling the great commission, I definitely feel an emptiness, a lacking, uh, something Mm. is missing. You know, when I'm not a part of community, when I'm not in outreach to others, caring and uh, for the, the needy and the poor and the sick and all those things that I'm called to do biblically, I feel an emptiness there. Mm, that's that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and boy, I appreciate what you've said. And, you know, it makes me think about maybe a little side topic we could talk about just real quick, which is, you know, whether it's individuals, us as individuals or as churches, really evangelism and missions really is a, a heart issue. And absolutely a heart issue and completely a lifestyle you know, that's right. It's funny. And uh, in our culture, especially in America, uh, you know, we talk about lifestyle change constantly. Right. And especially in food and exercise habits mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and what we don't talk about and don't address as, as a culture, certainly because it's we're seeing the demise of this part of our culture um, is the lifestyle change that applies to, you know, uh, our biblical foundation, our uh, our foundation in Christ. You know, we've, we we're getting so far away from it now that we, again, it's it's the same cycle that we've seen through history, right? We we try and fill voids with other things, and part of that is what I just talked about, right? We, we're trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in other areas when it's all in Christ, um, and the the command of fulfilling the great commission, the command to go and take care of those who need your care and love and compassion, right? Those are the areas where we're fulfilled. And yet we're trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in so many other areas, even as Christians. That's right. That's right. And so in terms of it being a hard issue, part of that is, you know, looking back and seeing uh, what Jesus has done in your own life. And uh, if you've really felt like, you know, I mean, he saved you from, eternally being separated mm-hmm. it, it does it i mean at least in my mind i just think why why wouldn't you want to share that with others right you know right. i mean it's like having the cure for cancer and then keeping it to yourself yeah right so uh well ken that's maybe a good place for us to uh to take a break and uh we'll let our friend tom muller step in and then when we come back in we've got these five sort of simple steps that I've kind of thought through. And uh, we'll talk about that in terms of, okay, you've made the deal uh, with your people. Uh, It's time now to sort of turn and uh, rescind the deal and uh, find a great commission fulfillment in your church. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that here in just a minute. 
Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at mikefalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way. Well, Ken, we're having a good discussion about this deal that uh, pastors make with their people. And again, the deal is that, you know, pastors would say to their people, hey, you just give us some money. We can keep the lights on. We're not going to ask much of you. And together we'll say that we're doing everything that God wants us to do. And so for those people who want to rescind the deal and want to find Great Commission fulfillment. I've got a few things and kind of some some simple steps that, you know, people can take. And I guess first, and again, we're going to sound a little bit like a broken record because some of these things we've said before, but I just think it's it's almost essential that, you know, I mean, in order to find Great Commission fulfillment in your church, the very first thing I think that needs to take place is that you need to make sure that all your people know how to share their testimony. And, you know, we had those two episodes, well, actually three episodes talking about how to share your testimony, how to do that in your neighborhood, how to do it in your workplace. And so we're certainly trying to, you know, you know, meet that need. But Ken, what do you think? I mean, isn't that kind of the, the first step? I mean, you need to be able to share what you believe before you can really be that effective, don't you think? Yeah, no question about it. Yeah. So, uh, so of course, that's the, that's the first thing. The second is, you know, what we've been talking about with this Engage 13 process. And, you know, there's a great book that relates to sort of the, what he, in fact, the title of the book is The Art of Neighboring. And it's just, you know, right where you're at, you have an opportunity to begin to have, be friends with, you know, those people that you live with. And at least maybe what Jesus said in Matthew 22, in what we now call the great commandment, right? That uh, you're, that he is calling us to love our neighbor as ourself. Maybe he actually really meant our actual neighbors, you know, the people that we live nearby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so just having some training at your church to be able to, to know how to do that. Again, it's as really as simple as, buying a book like The Art of Neighboring, which you can just look up on Amazon. And uh, in the show notes, I can put the uh, the link to that book. And then just begin as a congregation to believe that you're on mission right where you're at, you know. And because uh, I'll tell you, you know, if you got, you know, let's just say 50 families in your in your congregation that began to really get serious about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, the you know, the impact could just be really significant, couldn't it? I mean, you're talking about one family, let's say that God uses you to, to reach and eventually see, you know, a conversion experience with, you know, even three or four other families, you know, that's, that's, that's significant. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And I will tell you, I mean, your neighbors, your neighbors definitely talk uh, to one another. Um, they definitely talk to people they know about you or your other neighbors, right? So um, right. when when you have impact on your neighbors, um, when you help your neighbors, they know about it. Um, and, and other, you know, other people are hearing about it for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I've experienced that myself and I think it's just powerful when, um, when you're able to, to help your neighbors, be involved with your neighbors, walk through things with your neighbors, as we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Um, it's surprising sometimes uh, where you might see how that impacts people that aren't even in your community. Yeah, that's right. And uh, what you said is good. I'll, be sure to post the episodes that we talked because we had those six steps to right. sort of begin a friendship with your neighbors. So I'll, I'll post that in the show notes as well so that folks can go back and look at that. But there really are just a few steps to be able to begin to, you know, begin conversations with your neighbors. You know, for a lot of us, we don't even know our neighbors' names. Right. Right. <laughs> and so that's the first step. And then just intentionally start to be outside and uh, yeah, so I'll post that information as well. So, so as a congregation, you know, this is something I'm kind of growing in and learning in actually that uh, since I've never actually been on staff at a church, you know, I'm, I'm learning and listening to, to, to congregations who have been effective at this. And one of the things that they say about is, you know, uh, really two things. One, begin praying where God could, could use your church both domestically and internationally. And uh, as a part of that, you know, strategically look for places in your local area where you can begin to serve. And one of the most effective tools that I've heard about that congregations have done is literally going to city officials and just asking them, mm -hmm. hey, we just want to be a, a net benefit to our, our society, you know, our, our, our community rather. Uh, where is it that we could serve? And, you know, the effect that that's had has really been several fold. One, uh, the city officials are actually touched and, you know, it just it makes a, a net positive impression on your city officials when you're going, hey, how can we serve yeah. you guys? You know, so uh, so that's part of what happens. And then, you know, you begin asking them, what is their greatest point of need in the community and then begin meeting that need? And, you know, initially there may not be a lot of evangelistic uh, impact, but again, it kind of goes back to that sort of building a a bridge of friendship strong enough to carry the weight of the gospel, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of that same thing we've talked about with neighbors. Well, that also happens with city officials. And before you know it, you're, you know, you're cleaning up a park and you're, you know, you're, I mean, just, there's just, and then you're out and then you, you there would be maybe some some opportunities to share the reason for the hope that you have. So I don't know if you have much experience with that, Ken, but it's, uh, it seems like a, it seems like a great plan and tool. Yeah, absolutely. And I do have some experience with this actually. So oh, great. I, I, here's what I think. I've seen this, uh, our church, I'm very pleased to say that our church has for now, I think this is year number seven or eight done what they call love in action. And it happens mm. in May every year. And they have done just this. They've gone to city officials. They've met with them. They found out what the greatest needs are. And I mean, everything from painting playgrounds at parks, remulching the, the playground area or, you know, putting down that stuff for kids to, to play in. Right. 
cleaning up trash on city streets, to going and actually serving food to the firefighters and all, all the mm. first responders, police, firefighters, emergency medical, although they go and uh, serve them, uh, clean up their firehouses, repaint, they clean windows at schools, they clean up parking lots, they weed, they repaint the, the stripes that are needed in the lots and in the bus lanes and things like that. They, they find out what in the communities, you know, plenty of communities across our country have HOAs, right? So they go to the HOAs. They find out who, you know, are, are there single moms or elderly who really can't take care of their yard, who can't, who need their house painted, they can't paint their house, all those kind of things. And they, you know, they set up this time and it's a, now it's a week long process. We used to do it all in one day. Okay. It's a week long process where they, um, they set up all these projects and they have team leaders for the projects and you go out and you develop your team. The church helps you develop your team. They help you get the resources you need to to finish the project to do it well and then they dispatch everybody out to do these things uh, and it's called love in action and they send everybody out and there's literally now over 3,000 people on one day or in one week that are in the community doing these projects with the church as a leadership role um, wow. and all the all the leaders the city officials and everybody are just so excited and happy and now it's become just a giant thing like i said it's been going on for years and um, my wife and i were very blessed to be able to lead a couple teams in different projects and um, only because we we felt like that was an area where god was calling us at the time and it was amazing to see the impact that you would have in a community and the um, the way so many people, non-believers, non-churchgoers would say like, oh, I love what you guys do. This I look forward to seeing you guys out there every every year. Everybody gets a t-shirt, right? So okay. you, you can imagine thousands of people in one community All right, wearing the same t-shirt, sure. cleaning up streets, cleaning houses, and everybody sees it um, and everybody uh, recognizes it and is thankful for it. And it's tremendous. So I encourage every church, a great way to teach your congregation to serve their community, to be a great neighbor is to to uh, put together a project like this, doing just what you said, Mike, go talk to your city officials, talk to the HOAs, talk to everybody about what the real needs are. You'd be surprised how quickly you can get people in the community by the thousands to help mm. and make such an impact that people all around are, are going like, wow, you know, we really like this. We'd like to go to church. We'd, I mean, this is a cool place. Look what they're doing for oh, us right. you know, in our neighborhood. It's right. amazing what happens. That's really awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Ken. And I, so there are... Yeah, there are a couple of thoughts I have after, uh, based on what you said. First, you know, if the church is the hope of the world, if the church is the bride of Christ and, you know, uh, the body of Christ, what a, I mean, there's almost not a better thing to start doing, right? right. I mean, it really is. Number two, uh, the deal then that we're just now talking about has been broken once you get things and in, people involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, just that, hey, not every Saturday is your own. There is a cost here, and we, we do want you to be involved. And mm -hmm. how cool an opportunity. I guess I'm wondering, uh, after, based on what you said, a quick question for you would be, um, oh, you, and you've kind of answered it, right? So you said, my question is, uh, what was the, the real evangelistic impact yep. of that? It sounds like part of it was some people started attending church where then they're going to hear the gospel. Yeah. Was there anything Oh yeah, even else? More, even more. And I and that's I'm glad you asked that because what happens is 
um, you've got, I'll give you the example, right? You've got a, a widow in your community. She can't paint her house. She can't fix her shutters. She can't take care of her yard. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these people have told her, hey, we're going to take care of this for you. And they come in and they do all the stuff that they said they were going to do. They do it excellent, right? Mm-hmm. They do it very well. And the whole time, she's there. She's a part of it. And they're telling you, you know, she's saying, why, why would you do this for little oh, old right. me, right? right? And they're saying, well, because this is what, this is what Christ called us to do for you. And we want to pray for you and we want to be there with you and they're sharing the gospel. So that happens, uh, time after time after time principals of schools that are saying why do you guys want to come in and clean up our windows and our community and all these other things I mean all these families that aren't even part of this school why do you want to do this because that's what Christ called the church to do we're supposed to be there to love you and and serve you and this is the way Christ wants us to behave because he I mean he's all about loving your neighbor right mm-hmm. so so they get opportunities to share the gospel with with leaders school principals teachers and again city officials, right? Can you imagine when you impact a police department for, and all these police officers are getting to experience Christ, get to hear the gospel. Mm. Um, people are serving them, feeding them, firefighters, uh, emergency medical people are getting to hear the gospel. I mean, what a perspective change for them, right? So yeah, it's, it's a constant thing. Also, they put teams out there to walk through the same neighborhoods where they're cleaning the streets and doing these things. And those teams are going to people's houses and knocking on the door and saying, hey, you know, we're out here cleaning up and stuff. And we just wanted to ask you, I mean, is there anything we can be praying for you about? We won't bother you. We're just going to, we just want to pray for you. We want to know the needs of the community, you know, and, and you'd be surprised. There's some people that say, no, no, thanks. Leave me alone or whatever. Right. Oh, right. Um, but there's plenty of people who say, you know what? My son's really struggling at school right now. He's got a lot of stuff going on. My, um, my mm. husband is traveling all the time and we really want a job change. I mean, whatever it might be, yeah, there's there's a huge evangelical part to this, and and we've seen it working, you know, just constantly through a process like this. Serving people opens doors, right? Yes. Um, and it's just like we the idea of going to these third world countries and giving somebody food and water, right? You've immediately given a bridge to share, right? You, you're immediately given the... Uh, this open door to share because they're they're already so thankful for what you're doing, um, and it's mm. not you; it's what the what Christ is doing through yeah, you, right. through your team, through your actions, and and now He's doing that to open the door to make to give you an opportunity to share the gospel. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it happens constantly, all the time. That's great. So there is a a pretty big evangelistic impact. Obviously. Every project. Yeah, that, that's really awesome. Yep. Thousands of projects, every one of them. Isn't yep. that great? That's really great. Well, then finally, Ken, on the some, some simple steps to what I would maybe call break the deal, right? Adopt this phrase and teach it to everyone in your, at your church. And this phrase goes kind of back to, and this principle goes a little bit back to what we said before, Ken, that really, you know, if your pastor and your senior leaders at your church are not breaking this deal and taking a different course, the church probably isn't going to take a different course. I mean, as those leaders go, so will the the church. And the the phrase goes, life is a long-term missions trip and every week is a short-term missions opportunity. And I think, you know, I've adopted that as I'm talking to people. And, uh, you know, I think that attitude is so great because in this life as a Christian, we're on mission Mm -hmm. and, you know, everywhere we go, if it's, you know, in our neighborhoods or at work or, you know, with our fam- with our extended family or whatever, there's a, there is a short-term missions opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. we're on mission here. Now, 
we may go to Guatemala or we may go to Ethiopia and we're on mission then too, but we're on mission here as well. It's, and so I guess there's several things with that. The, the, the going on mission is not when you get on a plane, number one, it's, right. it's, it's, it's at, it's at all times, you know, so I would just encourage that's, that's the deal breaker, uh, pastors. If you want to be able to break the deal, you know, life is a short, is, is a long-term missions trip and every week is a short-term missions opportunity. And my encouragement would just be, live by this and embrace it. So, uh, Ken, as we, as we wrap up this episode, what encouragement would you have for pastors who may want to break this deal with their church? Well, I think it certainly, you know, I mean, as it, it almost it sounds cliche in our Christianese, right. In our world of this, but I'd say, you, you know, you pray first, um, you mm-hmm. pray first about how, uh, God wants to make that change happen. It is a rapid change and it should be rapid, right? It should be immediate. If, as soon as you feel led that, yeah, you know what? Our church is not doing enough here. You know, and, um, we are complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you will, I, th- I really feel like God will com- reveal a void to you. And, um, and at that point, you know, you, you make a decision to say to your congregation boldly, like, you know what? We, we've been missing something here and mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to make an effort to change that and we're going to start now mm-hmm. and here's how we're going to do it. And then I would mm-hmm. say immediately, I'd say, you know, again, going through these steps, <laughs> the first one is the first thing we're going to do is we want to make sure that all of you have an opportunity to learn how to evangelize, right? To learn how to share your testimony, learn how to share the gospel. And we're going to start here from the pulpit, but then we're going to even offer mm-hmm. uh, either it's mentors, counselors, whatever you call them, right? Or if you have a class, it's right. something. You got to do something mm-hmm. to get people the opportunity to talk to somebody about, you know, if these are the areas where I'm really uncomfortable. These are the areas that, you know, I, I'd really like to yeah, be work through those. Yeah, work, work through it because yeah. it's, it's simple yet we're in a world where, you know, the devil has pressure and power in, uh, and you have to, you know, th- these fears are not of God. They are clearly, you know, things that we deal with and struggle in this world, you know, and, yeah, uh, right. and there's nothing to, nothing to fear, but we need to work through those things. And all of us deal with it. All of us do. And then on top of that, I would say immediately do I, this art of neighboring. I think that, that's a personal thing, right? I think people individually can yes. learn the art of neighboring, but I think as a church, you immediately, after you are putting people in an opportunity to learn how to share their testimony, you immediately reach out to your community. To me, um, just because I've seen it work and work so well, and I don't think anybody in your community is ever going to argue with you saying, hey, can we paint your house? Hey, can we, <laughs> That's you right. know, we, can we save the, can, can we save the city, you know, thousands of dollars and repaint the parking lot at this school and the, you know, clean the windows and do all these things. Can we save uh, the school money? Can we save the city money for, you know, public parks and things like that? I mean, these are all areas where people are like, yeah, of course you can. You know? <laughs> we want to send very few would say no, yeah, right? We want to send 500 people out in the community. And we're going to tackle every street in your neighborhood. And we're going to pick up all the trash from curbside defense line. Mm. You know, they're going to be like, yeah, you can please. <laughs> Go do it, you know? So these are areas where it's really easy to jump into it and uh-huh. you can do it right away. So I think that's mm. the first step. I, mm. I think um, I think it's the impact that I've seen uh, with our church doing it is it's beyond what I could even describe. I mean, it, it, really, it really sounds is, like you know? it. And uh, at this point now, we've got other churches that join up every year. It's just growing and growing and growing. So if you're not doing it, 
do it. Get involved. You know, get in your community. Because if you're a church in a community, right, the the idea is that you want more people in your community to come to church to learn about Christ, right? So that's right. Um, the, one of the ways to attract them to your church is to go tell them how much you love them and show them. Mm, so that's great. And can I, and for final thoughts for me, I would just tag on to that and just say, pastors and church leaders. Yeah. Read your Bible. Mm. Uh, understand the Great Commission is a command for for all of us. And uh, just what Ken said, I mean, just begin getting involved. There are simple steps. And, you know, I mean, you're going to you're going to increase the the standing that your church has in terms of its, you know, its testimony itself as you get involved in in local areas. And then as Ken so eloquently mentioned, you know, there's a huge evangelistic opportunity to say, hey, we're just coming in the name of Christ. We want to, you know, do this for you, pray for you, be involved in this way uh, with no nothing in return. We don't want anything back. We're just here to make Jesus famous. And, you know, the uh, boy, there's just a lot of opportunity. So so we'll be praying for you pastors and church leaders that are uh, that are listening today and just be praying that God would lead you to these kinds of opportunities. So um Thanks for joining us. Hope this has been a real help. And uh, we'll look forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. 